0: Sam Farber. Welcome to another edition of the Hornets Hivecast, your Hornets
1: podcast with all the notes, quotes, and daily buzz around your favorite NBA team. I'm Sam Farber, and it is a pleasure and a privilege to have you with us here once again on the Hornets Hivecast brought to you by Senta, Charlotte Eye Ear, Nose, and Throat Associates, the official eye ear, nose, and throat care provider of the Charlotte Hornets. It's a game day edition, game 83 of the season. It's play-in tournament time. The 9-10 game, Hornets on the road at the Atlanta Hawks. They win, they advance to a game to determine the eighth seed. If they lose, season is over. So are certainly keeping our fingers crossed. We're going to break this one down from every which angle and helping us out with it. He is my color commentator on the Hornets Radio Network and a 10-year NBA veteran, Matt Carroll, back with us here on the hhc matt thanks so much for joining us
2: Damn, yeah, always excited to be here
1: before we get into some of the players to watch i just want to talk about what it means to be playing in the postseason you had a 10-year nba career had a lot of great moments you only got to play in five postseason games what does postseason basketball really mean to a player
2: Well, it's the most exciting time of the year. You know, the postseason is what you work for starting the season. You know, your goal is to make the playoffs, as every team. And when you get to this point, you know, the weather starts to change. It feels a little different outside. People are talking about it. It's getting exciting. And these teams are gearing up to win a championship. So it's really just an exciting time. It feels like all the hard work that you put into the season is paying off. And now you have an opportunity to really make some noise. And there's nothing like the intensity of playoff basketball.
1: There's also the stress that comes with it because, you know, I I think of baseball, for instance. You're playing 162 games, and then you get into a single elimination type of situation. It could all end tomorrow. Basketball's not that far off. You go through the whole season, all the highs and lows, ups and downs, and you're just kind of rolling through everything, all these different situations, but you kind of know in the back of your mind, 24 hours from now I'm going to have another game, or 48 hours from now, or at most 72 hours from now. But a day like today, there's some potential finality to it.
2: Yeah, there really is. And I think, you know, being on the other side, not being a player anymore, as a player, you don't realize the amount of work and preparation that goes in by the staff, by your video room, by the coaches, and just preparation thinking, hey, you know, a couple of days ago, you don't even know who you're going to play. So you've got everybody in the video room, all the coaches preparing for all these different scenarios. And as a player, you have no idea what's going on behind the scenes, but everybody in the staff is working hard preparing for all these potential scenarios that could happen. And when it does happen and you find out who you are going to play, then, hey, they're ready to go. But it's exciting. You know, it's almost like I was talking to some of our young coaches and it's like they're back in college pulling all all or studying for exams. You know, they're just getting no sleep, preparing, you know, endless hours, all the different scenarios, games, teams that the corners could play. But it's exciting. even though you're tired, you're exhausted, you're doing it for a reason, and, and it's exciting to be in that situation.
1: Well, let's start with the starting lineups for both of these teams. And we'll begin with... The Hornets here. It's been solidified over the last two to three months of the season, basically. When Gordon Hayward went down due to injury, this is the lineup that kind of came together. And while it took a, a, about a month, really, to solidify things and get on level footing, the last month and a half has been some of the best basketball of the year. It's a guard combo of LaMelo Ball and Terry Rozier, Miles Bridges going back from the four to the three, PJ Washington out there at power forward, and Mason Plumlee handling the middle. What about this starting five has allowed the Hornets to be so successful?
2: Well, I think number one, it's a very versatile lineup. You know, these guys can all guard multiple positions. You talk about PJ and Miles going from three and the four and guarding fives at times, and you've got LaMelo and Terry who are good defenders that can switch, you know, a lot of most situations. So I like the versatility of that group on defense. And then I think on offense, you have a wide range of skill set. You have a group that can really score the basketball, can get out and run. There's tons of athleticism, tons of skill on the floor. They can feed off each other, play off each other. They can all be playmakers. I mean, just a a very diverse range of skill set. And there's not many limitations in that group. You know, obviously Mason, you know, maybe uh, the most limited offensively, but really brings so much because he's a playmaker. He sets guys up. He finishes at the rim. So I just like the versatility and the skill set that that group brings.
1: There have been some minor fluctuations and modifications as the last six weeks or so have gone on, but from March 1st until today, Hornets record is 13-6, and six. and for the most part, it's been this starting five that has held it down for the Hornets. On the Hawks' side, Kind of a similar storyline to this back half of the season. They've also had a significant injury that impacted their starting lineup. John Collins, who's a really terrific player, 16 points and almost 8 rebounds per game. He has been out the last 16 games of the regular season with a sprained finger. And since he has been absent, the... Starting lineup, for the most part, has looked something like this. Trey Young, the all-everything guard, along with Kevin Herter, an elite shooter. You've got Danilo Gallinari, the, the veteran, who's also an elite shooter. DeAndre Hunter at the four, and then Clint Capella in the middle now, even though John Collins is a significant absence definitely on par with the Hornets losing Gordon Hayward which is the injury that forced the Hornets to alter their starting lineup as well just like Charlotte's found ways to get wins despite the absence same can be said for Atlanta they are 17 and 11 overall without Collins this year and 10 and 2 at home without John Collins So take me through the Hawks' starting lineup. What are the strengths and weaknesses of this five-man group?
2: Well, I think the biggest thing is, you know, the Hawks, they're dangerous. I mean, they have a team that can can really score the basketball. They have good athleticism and size in that starting group. But, you know, it really goes back to to Trey Young. I mean, he is the, the quarterback. He is the engine. He is the guy that when he is playing well, they are hard to stop, and they feed off his energy. But this is a Hawks group that is a scary team. You know, going into this, obviously, you're like, this is a team that can really beat anybody. And let's not forget, this Hawks team was in the Eastern Conference Finals last season. Now, I know they had a, more or less a disappointing regular season, but you talked about the injury with Collins. But they picked up and played well, and they've had some setbacks. But this is a group that I think can really shoot the basketball, can get get out and run like the Hornets do. So similar in a lot of areas. But they have Trey Young, who is a star and can get hot and score 30 to 40 points any given night.
1: Looking just at the starters, which starting five do you feel is the stronger group playing better right now?
2: I'm probably going to go with the Hornets. You know, obviously having my eyes on them a lot more lately, but I think... The way the Hornets have finished this last month, they're playing as good a basketball as any starting unit in the NBA. You know, they're healthy. They found their chemistry. You know, it was tough. When Gordon Hayward went out, it took time to kind of figure out how do they play without a player like that in the lineup. But I think now they're at a place where they're comfortable. The chemistry is flowing. And they just have a great feel and just seem to be in sync on the offensive end together.
1: Coming up next, we're going to talk about the bench unit of these two squads as we get you ready for Hornets-Hawks, the play-in tournament 9-10 matchup coming up tonight. Back with more on the matchup after this quick break here on the Hornets-Hivecast.
0: I get allergy care from the doctors at Charlotte Eye, Ear, Nose, and Throat Associates who know how to treat me, not just my symptoms. Now that my allergies are under control, I can ride my bike whenever I want, just like I did as a kid. Senta offers allergy testing and a wide range of treatment in North and South Carolina. Play like you once did. Schedule your appointment today at ceenta.com slash appointments. Charlotte Eye, Ear, Nose, and Throat Associates. They just make sense.
1: Sam Farber and Matt Carroll here with you on the Hornets Hivecast brought to you by Santa Charlotte Eye, Ear, Nose, and Throat Associates, the official eye, ear, nose, and throat care provider of the Charlotte Hornets. Matt, a great close to the season for Charlotte, a huge jump from LaMelo Ball's rookie season to the present time in terms of record, and yet the reward for going 43-39 and is 10th place. What what do you feel, Yurk, as close to the team as anyone, the mood is in the locker room? Is it elation for this big improvement the Hornets have made from last year to this year or even further back two years ago to now? Or is it frustration at the fact that this Charlotte team is the first squad to go 43-39 and 39 in the Eastern Conference and not go directly into the playoff bracket. It's crazy.
0: Yeah,
2: I think more or less at first there was some disappointment in the sense of Gordon Hayward, one of the stars, goes out. How do we make up for that loss? But I think lately it's been elation. You know, This team is, I don't want to say satisfied, but I think happy that the young players on this team have really stepped up, have really made major strides, lots of progress, And I think they're hitting, you know, a peak and a stride right now late in the season, which is a much different field than last season when the Hornets lost to the Indiana Pacers in the first playing game. So I think they're elated to be in this situation. They believe they have a very good chance to win this game against Atlanta and to win another game and potentially be in the first round of the playoffs. So I think the spirits are good. The mood has been great. And this is a team that is primed they're ready to really make some noise at this point.
1: Team is definitely, you know, night and day from last year where they were going trajectory-wise heading into the play-in from last season to this season. It's a complete 180-degree turn. But it is kind of nice to know that there is at least some acknowledgement of the craziness of this situation. Hornets with a 524 win percentage and end up in 10th. Of course, Atlanta probably feels the exact same way for ending up in ninth. In eight of the last 16 seasons, that exact win percentage—43 and 39—a 5.24 win percentage would put you in the top six in the Eastern Conference. If you rewind the clock all the way back to 2004, that record would have given you home court advantage. It would have given you a top-four seed in the first round. But we're living in the present. Hornets, their gift for all their hard work is the opportunity to advance. They need a win tonight over the Atlanta Hawks. Matt, it's time to talk about the bench units. Charlotte, about the same time that they made the adjustment in their starting lineup They also made an adjustment, or maybe a little bit after that, to how they ran their bench rotation. James Borrego had done a fairly tight eight, maybe nine-man rotation most of the season. He expanded it to 10, and the team took off. What about stretching the bench, allowing more guys on the floor for more minutes, and quite frankly, taking some of the minutes down for guys like LaMelo Ball, Terry Rozier, and Miles Bridges has allowed this team to surge forward?
2: You know, I think when you get late in the season, you know we had Miles Bridges LaMelo Ball we had a lot of young players playing more minutes more games than they ever had their entire life so you know when you have a situation like that you got to find a way to keep them fresh you don't want to wear them down you want to have them going into this playoff stretch here where they're they're fresh and ready to go and i think our young players with the Hornets did a great job at just managing you know, their body spending time in the weight room and the trainer's room, just taking care of themselves, which is why they're all healthy right now. And I think our training staff has done an incredible job, you know, but going into this stretch here, the the, the bench is key, you know, and I think, you know, the, the additions to the roster with, you know, Isaiah Thomas, Montrez Harrell late in the season, you know, those two guys have really brought a, a veteran leadership and they can still play. Those guys have come in the game, made big plays. You saw Isaiah Thomas big shots in the time that he gets, his minutes and can really still play and be productive in this league so I think those two guys have really been big Cody Martin brings such a a great energy to this team on the defensive end and when he's hitting his threes and running in transition you know big lift offensively also and I think the one guy I think the x-factor could be you know Kelly Oubre you know Kelly Oubre Jr. is a guy that can really get hot we've seen games this season where Kelly has been on fire and just can't be stopped so if he gets his three ball rolling And he gets out in transition, gets some easy ones, builds some confidence. You know, he can really be an X factor, you know, for this Hornets team.
1: The Hornets have had so much success stretching the bench, and yet it's a tendency across the NBA. You get to this time of the year, play in or playoffs, coaching staffs will tighten things up rotation wise and reduce the number of players on the floor. Based off the entirety of the season, it seems extremely likely that Cody Martin and Kelly Oubre Jr. are going to play. So if it's it's tightened down to a seven-man rotation, I would be very confident those two guys would be a part of it. We've seen at different times over the last five to ten games, contests where Montrez Harrell did not play, or Jalen McDaniels didn't play very much, or Isaiah Thomas didn't play very much. In your opinion... How deep do you think the rotation will go? Will we see all three of those guys who, while they have had games they haven't appeared in, have had games where they have been spectacular in and have been the difference between winning and losing?
2: Yeah, you know, I think it's hard to say exactly, but my gut reaction would be it would be a little tighter during this playing game. You know, I think Coach Borrego is going to go with eight guys, maybe nine that he feels most confident with, but I think when you're thinking about ten, unless there's some you know unusual foul situation or, Some guys get in trouble, you know, in that department. You could see the rotation expand to 10. But I think in this situation, this is do or die. you got to win. you got to go with the guys. Give them the best opportunity for the smaller group that you can. So I'm expecting maybe eight or nine guys in this rotation.
1: Want to venture a guess on who the three bench players are that rotate in and out?
2: You know, if I had to say, you know, I'm going to go with Cody Martin. I'm going to go with Kelly Oubre and Isaiah Thomas. That would be the the three that I think have the best chance
1: of playing. On the Hawks' side, they have, for the most part this year, when playing in key games and doing what would look like a normal playoff rotation, have been somewhere between eight and nine players. We referenced the starters earlier. The guys off the bench recently have been... Bogdan Bogdanovich, who's kind of their Kelly Oubre in, in the sense that he's the more volume scorer type. Onyeka Okonwu, second-year player out of USC, who's their backup big. And then they've had DeLon Wright and Timothy Luawu Cabarro rotate in and out in different roles. Same question for the Hawks. How deep do you think they will go for this one? And who are the primary players to watch off the bench for Atlanta?
2: Yeah, I don't think the Hawks go very deep. You know, I think they really focus on, you know, Bogdanovich is such a great scorer, good shooter. I think he's going to be the main guy coming in there looking to bring such a scoring punch. You know, I can see Wright getting some decent minutes, maybe 15 to 20, but 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 not too much. Congo uh, I think, has done a great job this year, so I think he'll get some good playing time. So I think they might go eight guys, you know, m- maybe go down to nine there, but I think it'll be a very short rotation for them. I think they're going to maximize their starters and really focus on, you know, Trey Young and the crew in that starting lineup.
1: All right, there you have it. Coming up next, we will do our final predictions and final breakdown for tonight's contest against the Atlanta Hawks. It's our preview edition of the Hornets Hotcast.
0: Hornets fans, it's time to get some new gear. The best selection of new and classic Hornets apparel is at the Hornets Fan Shop, now with new extended hours. Stop by Spectrum Center Wednesday through Saturday from 11 a.m. to 5 p.m. to pick up the latest in jerseys, Jordans, and more. Or you can shop from the comfort of your own home 24-7 with just a click of a button at HornetsFanshop.com. An easy trip on the light rail, you'll be sure to find something for everyone at the Hornets Fan Shop. Sam Farber
1: and 10-year NBA veteran Matt Carroll here with you on the HHC. Matt, before we get to game predictions, we'll go through the traditional way that we have been prepping for these games. That is going through, at long last, Hawk to watch, Hornet to watch, and Stat to watch. Let's start with a Hawk player. You're the guest. You get to pick first. I'm not allowed to copy you. Who's the one guy, I'm sure there's an obvious one out there, for Atlanta, you think, the Hornets have got to be cognizant of either stop or slow down in order to get this win.
2: Well, I think I got to go with the main guy. It, it's got to be Trey Young. You know, I want I want to go with Bogdanovich, but I think we're able to slow him down. But Trey Young is the key. I mean, if he gets going and gets thirty plus points, Hornets could be in, in trouble and for a long night. But he's the guy. I think if you can do a good job, which they have in the past. You know, last time Trey Young was in Charlotte, the Hornets did a great job defending. If they can slow him down. You know, I think they'll definitely have a good chance to be in the driver's seat as the game progresses.
1: Yeah, I can't argue with that one at all. Even in terms of, you know, wins and losses in this direct head to head matchup, the times that the Hornets have been at their best against Trey Young is when they've gotten the best results. I do think overall, Charlotte's had a pretty good strategy when it comes to playing against him. But that being said, you know, he's definitely the player to watch. Uh, the other one I would point out is Kevin Herter. Just because, you know, with the, the way Trey Young runs that offense, It's so different from LaMelo Ball. LaMelo is behind Trey Young in assists, but if you counted ball movement and hockey assists, it would not be anywhere near close. But Herter's that catch-and-shoot type of guy who can hurt you. And if you look over the course of the season, when the Hawks win... Herter has shot 42% from three. When the Hawks lose, they've only shot 35%, or he's only shot 35%, I should say, from three. The averages in points per game and rebounds and assists, they're all pretty similar, a little bit higher in wins than losses, but not that much. It's really that shooting percentage, the efficiency, that escalates so much in their Ws. So outside of Trey Young, Kevin Herter's the guy I've got my eye on. How about a statistic to watch? Other than points, what's the number within the numbers that will determine who wins this game?
2: Oh, you know, I, I like three-point field goals made. And I know I'm more of an offensive guy, but I think at the end of the day, you know, whoever's going to make threes, these are two good three-point shooting teams. I think that fuels the confidence. It gives momentum. Those are game-changing plays and threes down the stretch. So, I think three-pointers made is going to be huge in this game.
1: Yeah, no question about it. You you look for the Hornets over the history of this matchup's in-season history, I should say, against the Hawks. When Charlotte shoots above 30% from three, they've won. When they've been below, sometimes tragically below, they have lost. So, don't even have to shoot their normal average. Just have to have an okay day from three. Could be enough for the Hornets here, but certainly better than okay would be big, considering this stage. i got to go in a different direction, though. I'm going to go with turnovers. I don't think the Hornets have to win the turnover battle with the Hawks, but they can't lose it by very much. I'd say if they're within two turnovers, I think the Hornets should be fine. And the reason I give them that grace period is because Charlotte plays so much more up-tempo than Atlanta does. They are so much better when they're pushing the pace. You don't want to take away that aggressiveness and make this a half-court game against Trey Young because, you know, while Charlotte, I think, is the better overall shooting team in conventional catch and shoot situations, if you allow it to be a half-court game, Trey Young might end up doing five away step-back threes from the logo and make them all anyway. So I think you have to take some risk there, but you have to find ways to be rewarded. So don't have to win the turnover battle, but maybe be within at least two. What do you think of that?
2: Yeah, I'd have to agree. You know, I think when we're taking care of the ball and we're making smart decisions and smart plays, you know, that's when we're at our best. We get a little loose, you know, sometimes we start taking the risk. This is not the game to be taking, you know, crazy passes and making the highlights film if it's not always there you got to be sure you got to be secure so i think playing a little safer this game is going to be smart especially down the stretch you know this is not game 79 this is do or die right now so i think the hornets as you said got to take care of the ball cut down on turnovers and when they play that way good things will happen
1: 100 percent and we've seen you know some good success here for the hornets even when they lose the turnover battle provided it's close they'll have a chance here in this one last but not least a hornets player to watch who is the one hornet that you think will be the star of the night and lead the team to a victory
2: i think i'm going to go with terry rogier i think if, if scary terry can get hot can get rolling he can be the difference maker i know Lamelo. What he's going to bring, Miles has been super consistent all season long. I think Terry Rozier is going to be a difference maker in the fourth quarter. If he can come up, make big shots, take over the game offensively, that's the position the Hornets want to be in.
1: I love it. I thought you were going to go with LaMelo Ball, so I will gladly take him. I think he has really just turned a corner here in the last six weeks of the season. If you go back to you know the start of March— until now, uh, Lamello, who's had a phenomenal season, averaging over 20 points per game, doing all of these special things, but he's really taken it up to another level in terms of his efficiency since the start of March. Only averaging 20 points per game, I say only just to say that there hasn't been some huge jump. He hasn't started averaging 25, although he's had some really big contests in there, but he has been more efficient. And, you know, maybe I shouldn't start him at March 1st because that game at Cleveland, he got into all that foul trouble. That was the first game for Isaiah Thomas, so maybe not fair to start it there. If you move it back a day, he's averaging almost 22 points per game, but still the percentages is what I love to see. He's shooting 44% from three since the second game of March. He's shooting 46% from the field since the second game of March. He's 91% from the line, free throw line, since the second game in March. So he's really had a big move here, kind of similar to what we saw from Miles Bridges at the end of last season. The only difference is the rest of the team is running with Lamelo, whereas Miles Bridges was kind of the only healthy Hornet left who was trying to carry the team across the finish line a season ago. So, We've gone through the starters, the reserves, players to watch, stats to watch. I got to ask the big question, Matt: Who's going to win tonight, Hornets or Hawks?
2: Hornets will win tonight against the Hawks. Mark it down.
1: Wouldn't be a Hornets podcast if we didn't end it that way. But I appreciate you making the prediction. You got a, you got a score, a spread on this one. Ooh,
2: I, I think I like about one eighteen to one fourteen Hornets.
1: I like it. When I worked for network television, people would ask me, who are you rooting for? I'd say, I'm always rooting for close. That's the kind of score network TV tends to like. (laughs) And this game, of course, will be televised tonight on ESPN. You can also hear it on Sports Radio FNZ and the Hornets Radio Network. Yours truly will be on the call. Matt, I wish you were there with me, but looking forward to having some home playoff games and getting to work alongside you for that. Fingers crossed. Hornets need two wins to get there, but it would be a lot of fun. Either way, thanks for joining us today here on the Hornets i
2: You got it, Sam. Thank you.
1: And thank you to all of you for tuning in as well. A reminder, win or lose, tomorrow we will have a breakdown edition of the Hornets' Hivecast, taking you through the 9-10 game and hopefully previewing the next contest, the one for the eighth spot in the Eastern Conference. Fingers crossed we have that one for you. But no matter what, we will have you covered. Till then, for my guest, Matt Carroll, our producer, Rob Longo, I'm Sam Farber saying it's been a pleasure and a privilege having you along. We'll talk to you next time right here on the Hornets Hivecast.
0: Thank you for listening to the Hornets Hivecast brought to you by Senta, the official eye, ear, nose, and throat care provider of the Charlotte Hornets. For more coverage, visit hornets.com.